Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, the Activision Blizzard purchase of Microsoft, now looking much more likely to happen. Major tech YouTube channel Linus Tech Tips gets hacked. Fake SSDs are flooding the market. We'll tell you more about how that's going to hurt a lot of on online retail. And USB powered bombs are now a thing. All that and more coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or or it's 2 a.m. Go to ready. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. I thought I'd try to go ahead and say it slowly this time just to throw people out off out for a loop. And then I almost stumbled over it anyway, because I never, ever say it slower than 85 miles an hour. That's 169 kilometers per hour for all of you in metric land. Also, I made all of that on the spot, including the conversion. What I wish I was making up, though, is um, Google deciding to be a... Um, there's no other way to phrase this. A colossal dick to um, the employees they let go. Google has, in fact, refused to pay the remainder of maternity and medical leave for laid off employees. Now, right off the bat, massive dick move, colossally so, and does actually raise a lot of concerning questions. I mean, anyone can say, oh my God, I can't believe Google decided, oh, look at that, Google do no evil. They went ahead and did evil. I can't believe that Google woke up this morning and decided to commit an evil. Man, so cold, so cold. All right, we got that all out of our systems. We got all the calling Google out for being evil out of our systems now. Good. Let's talk about what this might mean. Because believe it or not, companies do not, in fact, just commit acts that look actually evil on their face for the sake of being evil. That doesn't happen in the real world. That happens in comic books. In a well-written story, there is always a thing called motivation, a reason to do something. What is Google's reason for killing maternity leave and medical leave for laid off employees? It could be incompetence. It could be someone screwing up paperwork. It could be that they just can't afford it. And if it's that last one, that is a sign of a, of a much, much, much bigger story. Is it possible that Google one of the biggest tech companies in the world has a cash flow problem. It would explain the layoffs. It would explain the obvious bad PR that would come from doing this exact act they're doing here. It's not something that, as far as I'm aware, anyone's talking about, but I have to wonder why would Google make such a, a dumb move? And that's what this is. You can call it evil. You can call it heartless in the end though it's a dumb move someone in chat says as long as they're getting two ads of 30 seconds that are unskippable on youtube they're calling bs on the cash flow problem can you though how much money do they make off those ads because i'll tell you right now the quality of the ad is not great there has been tons upon tons of ads that have been for very sketchy things 
And normally, those kind of companies, those kind of scam companies, like, I forgot the name of the one that's, like, the most prevalent on YouTube as of late, trying to go ahead and sell 69-cent earbuds, when, let me just tell you a secret. Any company saying they have sub-$1 wireless earbuds to sell you, that is a scam. I don't know what you're getting, but it's not going to be that thing they just said. Almost all of those, I guarantee you, are sold at a very low rate, which means that all that YouTube revenue is lighter. And one other thing, think about Google is a massive company, massive, massive, massive. And if they're selling ads on the cheap, I'm not saying Google could crash tomorrow. I'm not saying Google may even crash this year, but there is something about this headline, this move, this absolutely from an employer standpoint, the dumbest thing you could do as a big company like Google, because it is going to be a PR nightmare that says that there's something bigger going on below the surface. And I am very curious as to what it is. Now, as far as all the layoffs and whatnot, last week we had Amazon's. That included 400 people being eliminated from Twitch. Twitch uh, reporter Zach Busey estimates, based on his sources, that this was roughly 20% of the, of the workforce. This would leave Twitch with approximately only 1,600 employees who run all of Twitch. That's a bit concerning that right now the trend in tech is to run very, very lean. And I do wonder if this was started by Elon Musk and Twitter. Or if there was something else that tech companies were just buying up. This is actually a theory I've heard quite a few people say that tech companies were buying up tons upon tons of talent that they actually didn't need just to keep it away from each other. Has that bubble just finally popped and we're letting a ton of people go as cash becomes tighter as recession looms around the corner? At first, I thought this was a sign of recession. I don't think it is anymore just because it's only tech companies doing this lately. So no, it's all things to keep in mind as we see more and more of these pop up around the corner. All things to keep very a very close eye on. But that being said, while others get laid off, others just want to move on to other work. Raja Koduri, a name that I only vaguely recall seeing a couple of times, and I'm actually deep into this kind of stuff. So I expect no one in, in the chat or listening to this to recognize that name that I have most likely mispronounced. Uh, Raja Kodori is, in fact, leaving Intel's graphic decision division to work on AI. Now, you can look at this a number of two ways. All right. Someone in chat said you so, someone in chat going back to the previous conversation was just like, yeah, we only need to pay attention to the 20 percent of the Twitch environment that are bringing in the beer, the the big bucks. Here's the problem with that. Um, even though there are, there's always going to be those top streamers that bring in the majority of the revenue. You can't ignore the rest. For example, um, the company I work for, we have a handful of very very big companies. We actually refer to them as oddly enough whales. You have whale customers that go ahead and provide large large figures that like there are there are companies that they go ahead and pay what they owe for the month your payroll is set for two weeks no problem easy peasy you have a handful of those but then you have a metric ton of smaller companies ones that are only like 30 dollars a month 60 dollars a month 
that all does add up and you do want to make sure you keep that going because here's the thing let's pretend for a minute that twitch became an environment that is solely for the i don't even know who the big streamers are anymore let's say the asmongolds the pokemains the everyone north of 5,000 streamers and everyone below 5,000 gone that then starts a domino effect though of saying that well that's all they care about and then people leave because the majority of people on twitch are also broadcasters themselves it's not like a great majority but i'd say it's more than half and a lot of them are doing it for fun i mean most of them have to be since you know i'm just small fries at about a dozen viewers co-current and well i'm in the top two percent of streamers which is insane there's that many others that are less than a dozen but the thing is that they take resources they do generate ad revenue and if they're not affiliate then 100 percent of the revenue goes to twitch that and also I, I have suspicions that the uh the percentages they tell us as far as ad revenue are a bit scuffed but i can't prove it but that's neither here or there but to say that that uh that remaining 1600 people only have to focus on a handful of big streamers they got to keep the infrastructure up because without all the little streamers sticking around and making twitch look like a very vibrant platform that anyone can go ahead and make it on it which is true to a degree then those top ones don't get anything they'll eventually shrink and leave go to somewhere else and then you have a dead platform the bigger thing and actually i talked about this last week was the fact that the reason they cited for the layoffs is a lack of revenue which in which case far more believable than the theory i had earlier about google possibly having a revenue problem much more believable in fact so all we can do right now basically is just wait and see how things go with twitch i do hope that despite the fact that the first move of our new ceo is to lay off 20 percent of his staff and cite budgetary problems which was the first thing he was known for it's not a good sign and it does have me legitimately concerned about the platform but back to raja Raja is leaving Intel solely to work on AI. As far as we can tell, there's no sign that the Intel Arc GPU that so far looks decent actually has seen massive improvements compared to when it stopped, uh, compared to um, when it started, I mean. But the fact your lead is leaving when you should be working on your second gen product is not a good look. But I have no reason at this time to believe that Intel is going to kill intel arc and i really hope they don't but moving on to ai for gaming now ai unfortunately has gotten lumped into a lot of buzzwords like ai has gotten lumped into being associated with say the metaverse or say crypto or say anything web 3 or nfts like it's very easy to lump them all in because they're all emergency tech emerging technologies and we don't know all the detail of what could happen I can tell you this much here. They all should be treated different, except for Web3, crypto, and NFTs. Like here, I'll give you the very, very basic rundown. Web3 gaming. Uh, so far, every iteration of it has been very low quality and has been one giant grift. NFT gaming has been one giant lockout for people that only own one JPEG that exists that is associated with a receipt and is just built basically to... Uh, create artificial scarcity and 
make playing games exclusive for certain people rather than what brought everyone into gaming in the first place, it being an inclusive experience that everyone can enjoy. Crypto gaming, in between the two. <laughs> but then you go over to the metaverse. The metaverse is another one that's also frowned upon as a platform created by Facebook to create VR gaming. But unfortunately, the backbone of the metaverse is absolute garbage. And even the developers of the metaverse don't want any part of it. And pretty much the only people who are there are just like, oh, Mark Zuckerberg knows what he's doing, right? If I just get in early, I can enjoy that, right? Whereas all early signs point to no. And in fact, if you want an experience like the metaverse, you literally could just go play basically any MMO that actually has a population and get a much better experience in that than you would in the metaverse. But AI gaming, this one is interesting because it does, it has a lot of potential. Like AI, we are seeing evolve crazy, crazy, crazy fast. And in fact, just from storytelling in itself is fascinating. Like I've actually had a couple of people try to uh, suggest various um, early GPT based uh, chatbots. And like I didn't give them like orders, but like a couple of them were just designed to like play a character. And the way things evolved, it ended up like evolving to like a, almost a story that you'd expect in like almost a movie. It was very weird, very, the worst part is it wasn't bad either. The amount that AI is capable of from a narrative standpoint just right now is incredible. And in fact, from the capability of AI playing the role of say characters in a narrative based video game is insane. Absolutely crazy. And unfortunately right now, most gaming companies that are interested in any kind of development in the technology, like say Square Enix is, um, unfortunately smoked all of it and decided, man, you know what I really need to do? I need to make NFT games. Like they announced one recently, I already forgot the name of, and I don't even care anymore. Stri that was just like, that was like, we're going to launch this. It's going to have NFTs and only five people are going to be able to experience the entire game. Cool. Thanks. I hate it. Only five people in the entire world are going to be able to experience the whole game. Oh, but the NFT can be sold so someone else can experience. F you. I'm trying not to swear. I really want to swear, but F you. And I hope that project dies in a fire. I really do. And honestly, because I know that a lot of like Square fans like myself have been trying to intent, trying to say like, oh, but NFTs are more popular in Japan, so it's okay. No, it's not. Zona chat asks, how does this how does this differ from the rare Skylander figures? All right. How many of you know Final Fantasy VI? I'd say a lot of you. Okay. Final Fantasy VI is split up into two halves. The first half of the game is very straightforward. It is very much a single path narrative towards an event that causes the end, that causes an apocalypse. Okay. The second half of the game is refinding all of the members of your crew and then going to take out the big bad that or ff3 <laughs> dingus and chas just like it's ff3 not ff6 it's ff6 shush you 
just be just because uh, just because over here in NA we got it, we got uh, fed a pack of lies on a on a Super Nintendo cartridge and got told it was FF3 when it was FF6 doesn't change the fact it was FF6. <laughs> but then the second half, you go ahead and spend all this time going and get all your crew members going through a final dungeon and taking on the final boss. Now imagine in order to get each of those extra party members, you needed a specific NFT. And what's worse, in order to even climb the tower, the final dungeon, to even have the permission of climbing the tower, you needed a one in five NFT. That is the structure of this game, at least as it was told to me through press releases. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't played it to experience it for myself. I don't wanna play it. It is a terrible, terrible, terrible model. And quite frankly, I have never hoped for a game's demise more than that one. But considering the fact that Square has a great track record lately, of uh, having experimental projects or quick money grabs absolutely fail on their face. I do have high hopes that this NFT game they're launching will in fact fail flat on its face. Look, I'm just saying Blizzard and Diablo Immortal, they made their money back and then some and are still making money hand over fist with that atrocity to gaming. <sighs> Square doesn't have that luck. Someone in chat says, is this much different from gotcha games? Yes. Almost all gotcha games, what you're playing gotcha with is your um, is your characters. You can still find an ending, and there is new content constantly being built. This is just one narrative that you will that's never getting added upon. There's just NFTs. That's it. Imagine a board game you have to buy the pieces for separately. That's almost what this feels like. So, anyway, to put a bow on this. I am interested in AI gaming and to see what is possible. I think it is very fascinating what AI is able to do currently. And in a lot of ways, it's also really terrifying. And I do wish Raja luck in his future endeavors in a field that legitimately does look interesting. While other gaming companies are just like, I found it. I found this thing. I'll sell you a picture of this thing for a grand. Okay, they're not charging that much for NFTs, but yeah. <sighs> I'm, someone in chat jokingly said, I'll take it. And I'm not going to lie. I am jokingly tempted to just time them out. <laughs> All right, let's move on, shall, shall we? Next story. <laughs> All right, Activision Blizzard. It's no secret. They want to be bought by Microsoft. Not going to lie. Who kind of doesn't want to be bought out by Microsoft? Let's be perfectly honest. That's a lot of money. Like a lot, a lot. What was it? 69 billion nice? But um, there's, of course, been a big back and forth. The big thing being is that, of course, Sony has been very adamant that uh, if Microsoft does buy Activision Blizzard, they will hog Call of Duty, which is the most popular game on pretty much both consoles, I'd say. Not by much, but it is. And then it would significantly hurt Sony. And then every regular and their mother was looking to get in saying, oh, well, let's take a look at this. Oh, I think they might be onto something. Let's go ahead and judge this. And then um, Sony went ahead and got louder and louder and louder about the whole consideration. And um, well, a UK regulator, also known as the CMA, the Consumer Market. I forgot what the A stands for. Association? Authority. I'm sorry. Carpet car, car petitions. 
Competition Markets Authority has said that Microsoft Activision merger won't sig significantly lessen competition in console gaming. The reason they're saying that is because launched games from Microsoft have not been pulled from other consoles down the road. And, well, they're not saying it, but I will. Sony being absolutely whining like a little child in all of this, I think played a big role. It is very difficult to not look at um, how, how this all is being handled by Sony and go, uh-huh, yep, that is what sane people say. Don't you know? Sane people go ahead and mention that uh, and, and cry like this. Now, the thing is, is that this declaration isn't exactly true because um, there have been games that as they were mid-development... And then suddenly those studios were bought by Microsoft. The development for the PS5 version was then dropped. So there is precedent for Sony's concerns. It, it actually did happen. Now, is it for the reason that we strongly suspect that Microsoft's just like, you know, why don't you just not sell that PS5 version? Why don't, why don't we just cut those ties? Or was it because there was something wrong with developing for the PS5? It's probably the former, let's be perfectly honest. But you can't eliminate all the possibilities, and it is something that should be looked at as these regulators go ahead and regulate. Meanwhile, though, um, as hearings are said, we have uh, this absolutely dumb headline. As Congress talks to uh, Sony and Microsoft and trying to get to the bottom of all this, and by, by the way, you're going to notice in this, I'm not going to talk about the congressional hearings about TikTok. You want to know why I'm not going to talk about the congressional hearings of TikTok? The reason why I don't go into details of any congressional hearing. Most congressional hearings are either A, senators and congressmen who are not tech savvy, trying to pretend they are tech savvy. B, a metric ton of dumb questions to try and trap whoever's on the stands into saying something that shouldn't. Or C, a lot of grandstanding for said re representatives and senators so that they can go ahead and say, we, I made a point and you should vote for me next time around. And before anyone goes, wow, they're all really stupid when it comes to TikTok. I can't believe they had asked such stupid questions. I can, and I'm willing to bet there was actually a very smart reason for it. Just not a smart reason for the reason that you're hoping it was smart. Whee! <sighs> but meanwhile, as Sony's being grilled about complaining about Microsoft potentially pulling games off Sony. Um, U.S. Senator, according to Kotaku's headline, quote, blasts Sony's monopolies on cool Japanese games. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> First off, Senator... Uh, you, 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 you pronounced Nintendo wrong. Second, it's kind of what we've mostly been saying is that, you know, for Sony, one of the biggest hoarders of console exclusives to go ahead and gripe out Microsoft, potentially making Call of Duty a, a console exclusive, really just reeks of, uh, of hypocrisy. Immediately chat begins to ask what, yeah, come on. 
Let's bring those not safe for work Japanese games over to uh, the Xbox. <laughs> oh, no, that's not the point. The point is we have PCs for that. The other point is that for once a senator brings up a good point, even though it was brought up incredibly stupidly. Oh, but in any case, the deal between Microsoft and uh, Actors in Blizzard at this point is going to be going through, it seems pretty clear. Right now, it's pretty much, as far as I can tell, just the FTC that is um, kind of missing from the whole, we approve this deal. So it's not like in the clear, in the clear yet. But I mean, the FTC has got to be up to something good, right? Right? Uh, instead, instead, they go ahead and um, continue to talk about how the console market doesn't include Nintendo. Just a friendly reminder. This is the last bastion we have to worry about for this deal. The one that, um, that doesn't want to acknowledge Nintendo also has really cool Japanese games. Someone in chat asked, can someone explain why these companies give three rats butts about the FTC and stuff? So here's the thing. Whenever major companies try to buy each other, regulators can step in and block the deal. So when you're talking about, so like, for example, if, um, if my work were to go ahead and buy up the dry cleaners down the street, no one cares. No one's going to stop me. But if say, what would be a good example? If somehow Google bought Microsoft, which Microsoft holds the last bastion of any search in basically the Western world, creating an effective search monopoly, then the FTC can in fact step in and say, you can't do that. That would create an illegal monopoly. And because of course, no companies are local anymore. Almost all companies are global. Something that I wish Square Enix would learn already. <sighs> they have to deal with the FTC of every other company that they have a major influence in. So that's kind of how that works. Even though Microsoft and Activision Blizzard are both, I want to say they're still both technically based in the US. I don't think they've moved their HQs out of the country to avoid taxes, I think, but I'm not sure because they still operate in those other countries and basically every country, they still have to answer to their laws. So if even one of these companies or one of these countries tries to step in and stop the deal, it basically could have the effect of effectively stopping the deal. So I hope I explained that pretty well. Yeah, exactly. As chat saying, Microsoft can't buy Google due to the F FTC. The FTC would hundred percent step in and say they'll create a monopoly on search. If they wouldn't, all of the UK would, because man, you talk about anyone having the power of Google and that will put their, their undies in a box. So there are laws called anti-monopoly laws. Okay. The enforcement arm of these sort of anti-monopoly laws that say like one company cannot control everything are, yeah. All right. They, they ask the FTC steps in and says, no, we won't allow this. Microsoft says, cool, says, cool story, brah. I'm not in the U.S. The thing is, is that, um, then the FTC says, cool, then you don't operate in the U.S., period. Oh, yeah, and here's a fine on top of not operating in the U.S. anymore. So, I mean, if you want these companies in order to operate within these various companies, they need to go ahead and 
follow that sort of thing. Then they start up another company in the U.S. and they have a monopoly. Do you know what Alphabet is? For those who don't know, Alphabet is a... It's not a soup! You... <laughs> Alphabet is one company that controls many, many, many other companies. Now, you could go ahead and start a, a separate company, but now you're an invasion of... Now you're, now you're evading justice. Now you're evade now you're intentionally trying to evade everything and now you start a whole new can of beans and on top of that do you really want to go through all the marketing of trying to explain that that uh, macro hard is actually microsoft and that we've just changed our names and somehow not raise the ire of the ftc to say now wait a minute here the reason why i bring up alphabet is because google did this same thing whereas instead of naming everything as google they instead put all their smaller companies under a branch of okay well but but the, right, let me finish my analogy first <laughs> put all the names of their companies under one umbrella called alphabet okay so then if anything were to and basically the reason they did this is to give up the illusion that all these companies are not as big as they actually are but they actually are because they're all under alphabet all right let's see if i can answer the question the question is i'm saying that if microsoft and google join forces stop working in the u.s well that was just stupid on their why would they stop working in the u.s <laughs> well th they're not going to stay in business very long if they stop working in the u.s the u.s is their biggest market and honestly as far as like the ftc concerns go um america is not their problem the eu is by far the eu is so 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 much more and much harder anti-monopoly and anti-tech anti-big tech to a major degree that if anything they wouldn't function in the if if okay so if this merger happened if this theoretical merger happened of microsoft and google they would not be allowed to operate in the u.s they would not be allowed to operate in the eu they would not be al allowed to operate in canada just because canada kind of has kind of has very similar antitrust laws to ours with a certain you know, nuance here. They're not going to operate in China because China is very uh, xenophobic when it comes to outside tech companies. I don't know about Japan. Japan's weird. They'll still function in Australia, even though Australia has pretty much just as big ant antitrust laws as the EU, but not to that extent. And then Russia has Yandex and they're super proud of Yandex and wouldn't allow Google to run there anyway. But if they go ahead and say like, all right, we're going to form this new company and call it macro hard. Let's just say it's instead of Microsoft, it's macro hard. All right. And then say, we're going to start up as this new joint venture with Google's and Microsoft's resources as one combined force. The FTC is going to come back in and say, what the hell do you think you're doing? And then be slapped yet again with the same fines, the denial of actual function and then go, what did you think was going to happen? It's not like the FTC operates in a way that's very predictable. It is run by people. And unlike, say, a bad AI running on a Palm Pilot, people can go ahead and smell BS when it comes up. So, I mean, that's what would stop that ki those kind of anti-monopoly laws. And I know someone out there of varying far degrees of the political spectrum would go like, Oh, they would just pay off the FTC and all that sort of jazz. And like, technically, yes, until the next administration. Yeah.
So then they then ask, then why can't that happen when Google and Microsoft are one? It's very simple. It'll be called out for exactly what it is, an attempt to make a monopoly. Usually how these things go down for these sort of deals, and this is actually one thing I said is a very real possibility of the Activision Blizzard buyout, is that if it was deemed to cause a monopoly in the gaming space, Activision Blizzard would be forced to sell off chunks of itself. This is something we've seen before. I can't remember, what was it actually? There was one inside um, the telecommunications department. Oh, I remember. It actually, it was actually in the Midwest. Um, the, for, the forming of Spectrum. Charter Cable and Time Warner Cable were to, were, were um, Charter wanted to buy out Time Warner. And then a number of states actually came and stepped in and said, you can't do that. And then um, I want to say like the, when the FTC stepped in and said, if you want this deal to happen, you have to sell off these areas specifically because these are considered areas that would cr- give um, that would give Spectrum a complete monopoly to to someone else. And I think like the company that stepped up for that, what I think was Cox that did that c-o-x not the other spelling you pervert but yeah that's kind of how the that's kind of how the whole thing would go down we can argue until time stops whether it's the right move or not it's just what would happen in any case we actually should take our break here because we've been going for an hour and we have a lot of stories to go through and not a lot of time to do it so this is going to be very very interesting we might we'll probably revisit the whole how things will go with um activision blizzard buying i'm sorry microsoft buying activision blizzard down the road so someone in chat said some someone in chat said nobody called out sony for owning blu-ray tech which was which was a called monopoly um i don't think it was sony that had a monopoly on blu-ray i want to say sony had a large investment in the technology for blu-ray the other thing is that also when it comes to a specific technology, a patent, patented technology, um, usually there's got to be something else in the field that is direct competition to it. And this is starting to get out of like my field of what I know for, for tech monopolies and more into something for like an actual lawyer. <laughs> We're very quickly approaching that mark of it. We, we need to catch a break, though. When we come back, let's talk about Linus being hacked. Welcome back, Eli's on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, we have a lot to do and very little time to do it as I'm running against a very hard clock here. And chat's just like, let's help to make sure he completes his show. They're not going to do that at all. All right, let's actually get right to it. Pwn to Own is going on. Pwn to Own, for those who don't know, is a hacker convention in which they are, there is over $1 million worth of awards given out to white hat hackers that means that hackers who go ahead and try to find exploits so that they can be patched rather than find exploits for the point of exploiting them for profit on tons of various things two of which that made the news were in fact that two teslas were given away in all of this 
for exploits that could take control of the car. That's not horrifying at all, is it? That's great to know I live in a world where that can be a thing. But of course, while you have those sort of things, you have hackers going after the easiest bait of them all. Yes, that's right. Bitcoin! Because of course it was. Hackers have drained $1.5 million of Bitcoin by exploiting a zero-day bug. A zero-day bug means that it was an exploit that was found literally the day of the exploit. A lot of the zero-day also refers to if a patch was just released and on that day it finds an exploit and is immediately taken advantage of. 1.5 million of crypto taken away. Future of finance, by the way, just, just thought I'd remind you that Bitcoin is in fact the future of finance. Someone in chat says, don't they have these ATMs at, at cash stations? I'm assuming they mean gas stations near me. I have seen a couple. I have seen a lot fewer. I think um, Quick Trip, the company that nor that I normally get gas from and normally would have those sort of things, has leaned away from that as um, they kind of implemented it like right after crypto was getting super sketch. So more than likely, they went ahead and got out of it pretty much as quickly as they got in. Deals going through it, going through it. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should go do that. Da, 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 go through that. And uh, all right, we're going to go through with it. Wait, it's hilariously unstable. Bail. All right, let's talk about one of the biggest news in YouTube right now. And that is Linus Tech Tips got, got hacked. This honestly was hilarious from my point of view. So... Linus Tech Tips is owned by a company called Linus Media Group, which actually is started, which is a company that is started and owned by Linus Sebastian, who is the face of Linus Tech Tips. If that sounds convoluted, I'm sorry, but that's so you know. The reason you have to know this is because Linus Tech Tips is more than one YouTube channel. To my knowledge, there's six? There's the actual main Linus Tech Tips channel. There is Tech Quickie, which is a once a week channel that brings up like little quick bite tips for how to do things and explaining things. There's Tech Linked, a, um, a channel that does quick tech news three times a week. There is Mac Address, a channel specifically about Macs. There's Short Circuit, which is specifically like an unboxing first look sort of product channel. And wait, is that it? Okay. Maybe it was just five, but in any case, I, I've, I get awoken up by like the screen of my phone just going pure white. 
because I am subscribed to the TechLinked channel. Because if I'm running into problems finding finding sources, they usually have a pretty good pretty pretty good roundup for me to go ahead and do these podcasts. Then I get a ping, and it says Tesla with the Tesla logo, saying. Could Bitcoin be the new future? Bitcoin to surge in 2023. And I just go, oh boy. Elon's at it again. Pushing the crypto. That freaking lunatic. And then I kind of go back to sleep. And then I wake up the next day going like, man, that notification was really weird. I didn't think I had notifications from Tesla turned on. And I didn't. All three, all three channels from Linus Tech Tips, the Linus Tech Tips channel, Tech Quickie, and Tech Linked were all taken over by a token attack. Were all changed to say they were Tesla, ran a live stream to try and push a crypto scam. And this is actually something that goes on very, very common within... that goes on within YouTube. I'm willing to bet right now, if we go over to YouTube and I look up Tesla crypto, we're probably gonna find a few channels that have been taken over by the same Hack, I actually am not. I just look up Tesla. Okay, I guess this is going to be a little harder than I thought. But the thing is that these go on pretty frequently. The three channels were restored within 24 hours. Linus actually has this video up on his channel explaining all of what happened in detail. And just kind of told his side of the story on it. I could not imagine that. I could not imagine what must have been going through his head. Get a call from a threat friend at 3 a.m., Saying like, hey, your channel has been hacked and is broadcasting scams. And that's like your livelihood, your empire, even. It's kind of funny. A lot of people are talking about like, oh, man, freaking in all the videos, Linus is just buck naked in, um, in trying to go ahead and get his, his channel back. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I'd probably be the same. I think if I got a text message from a friend saying, hey, that, that thing that your livelihood is based on is hacked and you need to get command of it like right now, I don't think I'd find time for pants. <laughs> I don't think I would. And I think a lot of you would agree in that regard. No pants. We just got, we got a channel to save. We got a livelihood to save. Everything's back up and running now. 
So all is good for Linus Tech Tips. I'm actually going to go ahead for the for the constraints of time because we're very quickly running out of it. I'm going to cover these both. Um, both the Pixel and Windows have a crop bug. What this is is that in both Windows and in Android, you can go ahead and crop out a chunk of a screenshot and just post the cropped out function. The bug allowed someone that took the picture and blew and uh, blow it back up to go ahead and undo the crop. So if you're cropping out stuff that that had sense of innovation, someone in theory could go ahead and undo that. This has since been fixed. I'm not going to lie. I had a small heart attack because, um, man, I use the snip fuck function constantly. The Windows Shift S. I use that so commonly. And I could just, and just like, when I heard about this news, my heart just sank just going like, how much of silly pictures I posted could far more dangerous information be gathered from that I just didn't think about. Fortunately, it all has been patched and the Windows version especially is very difficult to take advantage of. And as I said, has been patched. There is also a patch going out for Windows 11 this upcoming patch Tuesday that um, will fix the bug of your SSD going too fast. Were you sick and tired of your PC actually being fast or responsive? Well, Windows 11 22H2 patch movement 2 will be slowing down SSDs and potentially boot times. Cool. Thanks. And some have been saying the speeds have been cut by half. Look, my computer already takes a while to boot because it's a monster and needs to fire up every single RAID controller that's in it very, very slowly in order for it to function correctly. I really, really, really don't need the, um, the SSD to operate slower. I really don't need it. Someone in chat says you need that extra time to put on your pants. There's no time for pants. There's never time for pants. <laughs> there's webs there's YouTube channels to save from hackers peddling Elon crypto. Oh man. Adobe and NVIDIA are partnering up to unlock the power of generative AI. I'm not going to lie. This means nothing to me right now. Moving on. We'll see what you develop. <laughs> this is what AI has come to. Hey, we're going to work on AI. Cool. Call me in a week when you show me what you have, because that appears to be how long it takes for AI to just absolutely become bat squeak insane with what it can do. I'm waiting for the one where it just says, I just typed in chat GPT 
go play Doom, and then it did it. In other news, there is a text-to-video AI that is getting closer and closer to launching. I just can't even. Runway is the name of its model, and it's getting very close. And within weeks, users will be able to go ahead and generate video using the AI. I'm not going to lie. The video they're posting here in this article from The Verge is very grainy and not really the best of quality, but also it might just be the video sucks because it is in fact The Verge. And I don't expect The Verge to actually do anything correctly. Amazon has killed the 25 year long running DP review. What is DP review? DP review is a website that did basically one thing extremely well and that was talk about in disgustingly high detail what cameras are the best and quite frankly with um tech outlets and tech keynotes trying to go ahead and mention this that and the other thing about how well their phone camera operates to great detail that none of us plebs can understand the loss of enthusiasts like this is actually a huge, huge loss. And I, for one, am actually a little disappointed. I haven't heard about them sooner. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. How many of you have thought about cameras? You go pick up like a little cheap one th thinking, oh, cameras are cameras. How, how bad could it be? Take a picture and find out it is grainy as heck. I'm only about a large chunk of you have done this at one point or another just because you didn't know any better. So sites like this actually are very, very helpful for that. But alas, here we are. It is what it is. Rest in peace, DP Review. We hardly knew ye. In other more concerning news, however, and this is actually a big problem for online retail as well. There are more and more fake SSDs going around. Specifically, fake Samsung 980 Pro SSDs. Ones where they're just going ahead and taking knockoffs, putting the label on, and just peddling them off. Now, why am I saying this is a problem for online retail? Here's an exercise for you. I want you to go on to Amazon, okay? Type in the name of any appliance, okay? Now, not something specific like I want a, a Nintendo Switch OLED console. Just type in something simple like, say, vacuum cleaner. Or maybe a computer component, maybe SSD or keyboard. 
I want you to look at how many of those brands you have never, ever heard of. It's a lot. And a lot of these end up just vanishing. I have a vacuum cleaner specifically one that I picked up from Amazon thinking, oh, this is a great little thing. The motor's already dying. The company is also gone. And I'm now stuck with a vacuum cleaner that was okay to begin with and now is getting to be unusable. This kind of nonsense of these barely functional products and then hitting the market and then vanishing off sites like Amazon, it is gonna be the death of online retail from big outlets like Amazon. Like very quickly, Amazon is almost becoming Wish. And I guarantee you, these fake 980 Pros are being pushed on Amazon. And for whatever reason, for reasons that baffle me, Amazon has determined that um, just letting this kind of nonsense go on and deal with the aftermath is cheaper and more beneficial for their brand than just dealing with it now. It has taken Amazon years to build up the trust that online retail is good. This right here could very easily lead to the death of that kind of online retail. And I can't t stress it enough. Be careful. Okay. All right. We have a few topics left. We might just um, cut a few at the last minute, but this is one I want to talk about for talk about first. I want to talk about framework. Framework, if you don't know, is a laptop company that started to um, someone in chat says, so you want Amazon to only push Amazon approved products like like Monopoly. I want Amazon to clean up their act. Because they're literally like helping to promote scams at this point. Like there's literally you have fake SSDs on there. You have other, you have SD cards out there that claim to be four terabytes. You buy them. They're actually 32 gigabytes and are, and are just tricked to clean up the computer and tricked for that sort of thing. Someone in chat's like, hey, Amazon clean up its act. That's funny. Dude, they have to. Like I crack a lot of jokes on this stream. I so you're a comedian now actually yes but in this case if amazon expects their reputation to not take a bigger nosedive than it already is and actually expects to not go the way of many other big companies that came before them they need to clean up their act this isn't a joke this isn't a metaphor or anything they need to clean up their act and they need to clean up their marketplace this cannot continue someone else in chat asked when, since when do people care about amazon's reputation 
you will, when you go ahead to buy computer parts from Amazon and you get a literal defective SSD that keeps wiping itself instead of giving you the full two terabytes it promised. You will care about Amazon's reputation when you go ahead to buy a portable vacuum only to find out no more parts exist for it and the sucker dies in less than a year. You will care about Amazon's reputation when you go to buy a desk and then find out the solid wood top on it is hollow. That is why regulating their marketplace is so important. It's why Walmart does it. It's why Newegg does it. It's why literally every other marketplace website out there regulates their marketplace and makes sure that these kind of scams don't happen. But Amazon, in their infinite wisdom, thinks that it's okay. Most people right now, yeah, whatever, I'll get it on Amazon, whatevs. You get enough of these problems to happen. You get enough of the, I bought a $50 SSD on Amazon. And data just keeps vanishing off it. All of a sudden, those problems that were just meh before are going to become very, very serious. All right, framework. I actually do want to talk about this one. It's actually very, very important. All right. Framework announces the Laptop 16. So for those who don't know who Framework is, they are a small laptop manufacturer. Kind of came up from some of the lead engineers for, or former engineers from, say, Lenovo, from Dell and whatnot. So they actually know how to build laptops, especially the, the Dell engineers specifically. I don't know if you know this. Dell actually knew quite a lot when it comes to serviceable laptops. Lenovo too, to a lesser extent, but Dell especially with the E-series laptop was just, oh man, such a good machine to work in. So they originally launched and they only had one laptop, the, the, the framework 13, a 13 inch thin and light laptop with everything being fully replaceable. Motherboard fully replaceable battery, fully replaceable. The IO also replaceable. There were modules you could swap out actually in the laptop to give you more USB ports or whatever. Everything was module on the inside. Great looking machine too, but you know, it's a thin and light. My philosophy with thin and lights has always been that, you know, repairability on them is nice, but what really matters is the repairability on say the mobile workstation class laptop, the big boys, the 15s, the 17 inches, the ones that actually have discrete GPUs, the ones that actually have high powered components. Well, Framework announces the Laptop 16, a 16-inch modular 
gaming and production laptop. And this sucker is so customizable that, um, you know, when, when it's out, I, I, I might buy that. Like, holy cow. The GPU, swappable. Toolessly swappable, even. Or I think there's actually a couple of screws. But it just comes out the bottom like a, um, like a battery. Which, by the way, you could throw a battery in that slot, too. There are six I.O. ports on this sucker that can be swapped out to whatever I.O. you need. This sucker can have a full-blown high-wattage uh, high laptop AMD or Intel G CPU, so you can swap those out. The keyboard is completely modular, where you can have either an RGB keyboard. You can have panels on the side for additional lighting if you want to be all show-offy. You can also slide the keyboard off while it's being while it's half dis disassembled, add a keypad to it. You can adjust where the trackpad is on it. This sucker is like it is everything I have ever wanted in a laptop and for the first time in a long time I might actually save up and buy a new laptop instead of a good used one. Like, holy cow. This sucker is actually that impressive. And I'm not going to lie. The concepts, what it can and can't do, Framework has gone from, in my opinion, a company that um, had some very interesting concepts, ones that I hope caught on to bigger businesses, to, okay, you know what? You have me interested, but I'm also a weirdo that loves big, thick, chonky laptops. And by the way, guys, great news. Counter-Strike 2 was announced. Anyway, um, a journalist over in... Um, where was this actually located? <clears throat> Excuse me. A, uh, jur a uh, journalist outfit that I cannot find the... Um, oh, here it is. Located in... Guayaquil? Guayaquil? Uh, they had a problem where they found a USB stick, inserted it, and found out that it contained an explosive device. And in fact, did explode. We've seen all kinds of destructive USB sticks, um, ones that uh, would convert the the five volts and and however many amps that a USB port would give to send 220 volts straight back into the computer and then absolutely kill it in one fell swoop. We've seen ones that will inject malicious code onto a computer. 
This is the first one that we found where the USB stick was actually a bomb. No one was injured, but it is just concerning that in fact actually happened. Zona chat said, never insert a USB stick you find on the ground. Pretty much. Pretty much. There are ways you can go ahead and inspect a USB stick. I would strongly recommend a computer you don't care about that has nothing on it if you want to inspect a USB stick. That's what I got. That's what, uh, that's what that guy up there is for. Right up there. Right up there. You can't see it because it's an audio podcast. But right up there, clean Windows 7 install. Not connected to the network. If it gets infected. Oh, well. <laughs> if it gets killed. Oh, well. Won't miss it. I mean, I will, but I won't. Yeah, make sure it's not connected to the internet or to your network as a whole. No, that sucker is isolated as heck. But that brings us to the last bird, the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, Acer has gone out of their comfort zone. By building a bicycle. Why? No one knows. But Acer, the laptop company, the desktop company that builds questionable quality of computers, literally built an electronic bike that apparently it has built in AI. But as much as I like to comment more about it, folks, unfortunately we have hit a hard wall and I have to say that is it. And I'm just gonna leave it with you and try to ponder why, oh why would Acer make a bike? That's gonna do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening. And I do encourage you to check out the daily podcast, the early bird briefing, which I swear we are making episodes on the regular again. Trust me for reals this time. We are getting back in the swing of things, I hope, for reals. And I'll check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Hopefully we're getting back on the regular schedule there as well. Take care, and hopefully I'll see you then. can at least drive itself like what is the point of the ai part of it is it just becoming a meme is a is ai now either going to be an absolute buzzword meme that we just tack onto anything or potentially something that brings up the downfall of humanity or will this bike actually rebel against us
Well, that probably won't happen. I mean, after all, there's no way that, um, that this bike could overthrow us because after all, it's made by Acer. That'd be like a robot trying to kill me with a paper bag. It's just not going to happen.